Welcome to the Fresh Faith Podcast. At Fresh Faith, we help people find Jesus, follow Jesus, and find others to follow Jesus. I'm Aaron Brewer, and I'm the founder of Fresh Faith. We're walking through the book of Daniel this week, and I am so excited that you're going to join us right now for for Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Without any more hesitation, this is what the Word of God says. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. That is nine stories, y'all. Nine basketball hoops tall and 9 feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces. So basically, his governing officials. He invited them all to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king had set up. And then they stood before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. A herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation and language, you are commanded. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall face down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and every kind of music, people of every nation and language fell down and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Some Chaldeans, and what Chaldeans are, are, are the people of Babylon, the people who live in this province of Babylon. We might refer to them as Babylonians. They were Chaldeans. In the same way that we would refer to um, the Israelites as the Hebrew children, same type of thing. We're two different words talking about the same people. So here he's referring to the people in Babylon. He says some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. Now, why would they do that? Well, think about it. When Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taking were taken captive. These foreigners came into their land that was being ruled by a king, and they were set up not just as slaves, but they were set up as rulers over the provinces. Remember, and so these people are are they don't think it's fair and they don't like it. So they're looking for every opportunity to take them down so that they can get the hand up, or so that they can get ahead. And, and I know this might be a stretch, but I think we do that maybe in our jobs sometimes. We do that in life sometimes where we think that someone else doesn't deserve a promotion, doesn't deserve to get ahead, or someone has more than we have. And so we want to do and take every chance to criticize them, pull them down, push them down to get ourselves ahead. Now, as a follower of Jesus, we don't do that. We lift others up to get ahead. Which is not, it doesn't make much sense. Typically, you would have to pull someone down so you can be up. But as a follower of Jesus, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. And if you exalt yourself, the Bible says that you will be humbled. So we want to do everything that we can to honor those who God has put in authority. And here, 
They're not doing that. They took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. Now, another thing I want you to know about accusations, I was teaching this to my oldest daughter, Andy, the other day, and that is, let's be careful about who you are listening to and pay attention when you're listening to people talk because when you hear people criticize someone else, here's a rule of thumb. You never criticize someone who's doing less than you. You only criticize those who are doing more than you. So therefore, if you're criticizing somebody or something or an organization, it's because they're doing more than you, and that's why you're criticizing them, if you get to the heart of it. But you will never hear someone criticize someone who's doing less than them because it doesn't matter when you're comparing And here, they're seeing Daniel's faithfulness, the Jews' faithfulness to God, and they're criticizing it because they feel it's been unfair, yet they're not doing what Daniel and his friends were doing. Remember, Daniel and his friends chose to not defile themselves with the king's meat. They were faithful to what they had heard and what they had purposed in their heart to follow in God's word. And so here, verse 9, we'll move on. It says, They, that is the Chaldeans, said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. You, king, have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every type of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. And whoever does not fall down and worship, they'll be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews that you've appointed to manage the province of Babylon. See, they're talking about their people. They didn't like that they weren't ahead. You you appointed them to manage our people, right? The Babylonian people. Remember, the Chaldeans and and Babylonians are the same people. You appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They don't serve your gods, and they don't worship the gold statue you set up. Then, in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now, time out. You may be wondering, hey, where's Daniel? Well, if you remember, King Nebuchadnezzar, based off of the last interaction with Daniel, when Daniel interpreted his dream and and, and told him his dream, he appointed Daniel to stay in the king's court. So Daniel was serving in the king, no longer in the in the province of Babylon, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were were given authority over the province of Babylon as governors. So that's why they're there. They are in Babylon, and that's why Daniel isn't present here. He's in the court of the king. And so again, these Chaldeans or Babylonians came, and they're going against these Jewish rulers. Um, who King Nebuchadnezzar, who found favor with the king and because they found favor with God. And that's who they're coming against. So just to answer that question for you, let's keep uh, moving on. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, he said, Hey guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the hort flume, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum, and every kind of music, I want you to fall down and worship the statue I made. But look, if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. 
If the God we serve does exist, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Man, these people got some kahunas. You know what I'm saying? They are not afraid of anything. They are so confident in the God that they serve that they said, look, if God does exist, then it's, I mean, if he's God, he can save us from that. And you know what, King? Even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to you. We will only serve him. What if what if we had that kind of faith? What if we had that kind of tenacity to follow God and to chase after him that you know what? Even if even if I'm not healed, certainly God can heal me from that. But even if he doesn't, I still will serve him. Whoo, that takes a different meaning on, doesn't it, when it becomes personal? Like, God can come through over that situation. It's just financial. It's just work. It's just food. It's just whatever it might be. It's just relationship. God can come through with that. But even if he doesn't, still I will serve him. That's where the favor of God and the blessing of God comes through, is in the even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. I still will serve him. That is the kind of faith that is unreasonably committed. And that's the kind of faith that Fresh Faith, our organization, exists for you to have. And we want you to be unreasonably committed followers of Jesus. We want you to be following Jesus in a way that it doesn't even make sense to the people around you, simply because that is the faith that we have in God and his power of who he is, so much so that we know he's faithful, but even if he doesn't show up, even if he doesn't come through, we will still follow because we are unreasonably committed followers of Jesus. And that's the same thing these guys here are saying about the God of heaven that they serve. But even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you, the king, to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Man, I love that. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Have you ever been so mad that you could, you, people say their insides are boiling, you can just feel yourself shaking? His face turned red with rage and anger, and his, his whole demeanor changed toward them because of their audacity to say what they said to the king in refusal of their boss. And man, this is such an incredible passage. Let's keep going. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more hotter than was customary. And he commanded some of the best soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Now, I'm just going to throw this out here real quick. If you're going to go up against God or against some of the some of the people that God's favor is on. Oh, oh, I feel this one. Hang on. I'm going to run with this for a minute. Before you start talking about a preacher 
on TV or the internet that you've seen or social media that you don't agree with, maybe because you don't like his following or something that you've heard about him or her, and you want to talk about someone who God has his anointing on, you better be careful who you're going up against, especially when God has called and anointed them. And here's why. He took the best of his men, the strongest of his men, to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when he put forth his best effort to go against God's anointed one, anointed ones here, watch what happens. Verse 21, so these men, in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes, were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace blazing fire. He sent forth his best men in order to tie these normal guys who were just followers of God to tie them up and throw them into this furnace that he heated it up so hot. And he tried to prepare a trap for God's anointed ones that was so harsh and so hot that he ended up killing his best assets, his best soldiers, in order to do that. Be careful who you go up against. Not just God, but God's anointed ones, because God takes care of those whom he calls. And we need to be careful about how we talk about people who are making a difference in the kingdom of God. Do you have to agree with them? Of course not. But A kingdom divided against itself will always fall, and we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ And we should never shut down those whom God has anointed because he anoints people for seasons, times, places, and purposes. And maybe it's not your purpose, and maybe it's not your place, and maybe it's not your season, and maybe it's not even, you're you're not in full agreement with them. But you don't have to be in full agreement with God's anointed one in order to honor those who God has anointed. Nebuchadnezzar shows no honor for God's anointed ones here. In fact, he takes his best, and even when he puts his best people in, they end up losing their lives, all because King Nebuchadnezzar was too proud to honor those who God anointed. All right, so check this out. They were thrown in, remember, with their trousers. That's their britches, their pants. They had their robes. They had their head coverings. And all the other clothes, they had on all their clothes. It was very important that you understand, the writer wants you to understand here, that they were fully clothed in all their get-up, right? And I want you to notice this word in chapter 20, in verse 23 in chapter 3. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell, here's the word, you ready? Bound or tied up. Remember, these guys had tied them and they were bound and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm, and he said to his advisors, Hey, didn't we throw three people? Ready? Bound. There's that word again, tied up. Bound. Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the fire? Well, yeah, of course, your majesty, they replied. And the king exclaimed, Look, 
I see four men not tied or unbound walking around the fire unharmed. And the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. So interesting. I love this, that they were bound and they were thrown into the fire. The enemy has a furnace for you. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but you know what that looks like when I say that. That there is a fire for you that the enemy has prepared for you. And a lot of times you are bound when you go into that fire. Maybe you're bound by addiction. Maybe you're bound in financial restraint. Maybe you're bound in relational disaster. Maybe you're bound by your own character and your own lawlessness. Maybe we are bound by pride, bound by anger, bound by just our anxious thoughts. Maybe we're bound in sickness. It doesn't have to be something that we've, that we've put on ourselves. Maybe it's just something that's happening and we feel bound by sickness, bound by something. And, and, and then after being bound, if it's not enough, this, this fiery furnace that our enemy has prepared for us, whatever that may be, his intent is to destroy us. But time and time again, we're going to see in this book and we see all throughout scripture that what the enemy means for evil, God turns it around for his good, his glory, for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans says that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. And here it's no different. We see it again. And I want you to know that although it's not enough that you're bound and feel bound and, and, and are bound, that there is, a, there is a furnace for you, a fire for you that the, enemy, that the enemy has prepared. And when you are in it, more often than not, if you're faithful to be committed, unreasonably committed, that even if he doesn't come through, that type of unreasonably committed, and, and if you will stay faithful if you will stay faithful to God, oftentimes the fire that was meant to destroy you actually destroys the thing that is binding you. See, it will not burn you because God is with you. We see Jesus here walking with them in the fire. The angel of the Lord is what scholars depict. And when we see the, that, that definite article, the angel of the Lord, we often refer to it uh, in, 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 in theology as, as a Christophany, uh, a, a peer, an appearance of Jesus prior to his physical coming. We see the Son, the, the, the part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead, come down and walk with them in the furnace. And as we see that, we know that God is with us. And because he's with us, the very things that bind us are the very, are the things that were meant to destroy us. We are now unbound. And the only thing that it harms is that which we were bound by to begin with. And it's a beautiful imagery of how when God is with us, we are not just safe, but we are set free. And those whom the Son sets free, the Bible says, is what? Free indeed. So the next time you're walking through a situation, walking through a trial, walking through that fire, and you feel bound and thrown in, just remember, God can use the fire not only to keep you safe in it because he's with you, but to free you up from what's been binding you. 
And so in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants of the Most High God. Wait, time out. He yells to them and says, you servants of what? The Most High God. Well, wait a minute, Nebuchadnezzar. I thought you thought you were the Most High God. See, oftentimes when we go through something that only God can deliver us from, and stay faithful, and he does and will, then other people around us, it's only God. The only explanation is God. And that is why we live our lives unreasonably committed because we can find others who will follow Jesus too so they can be unreasonably committed as well. You servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that, watch this, that that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not one single hair of their heads was singed. Their robes, remember, this is why they were telling us in scripture here that the writer was telling us that they were fully clothed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was not even a smell of fire on them. You know when you're hanging out by a campfire, you can always tell the next day because when you have those clothes, like, and they're still there, maybe they're in your dirty clothes hamper, or maybe you were out camping and you're taking them home, like, or you were around it, you can just, you can smell the smoke from the fire. You weren't in the fire. You were just near it, and you can smell it. These guys were in it, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. So Nebuchadnezzar says in verse 28, he exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now he's praising God. That's the goal. See, find Jesus, follow Jesus, find others to follow Jesus. That's not always done by words, but more time by deed, by the way that you live your life. In other words, when we become unreasonably committed followers of Jesus, some who say, even if he doesn't, I still will serve. And then when God comes through, it's often after big trials, trials and fires and furnaces and being bound and all these bad things that happened in our, happens in our lives. They don't disprove a loving God. They're there to prove a living God because we always come out on the other side. And when we do, that's when people like Nebuchadnezzar, the Nebuchadnezzars in our life, that's when those people say, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Praise to the God of you who went through this, because now we see how faithful he is. When you can have cancer and still have a positive outlook and make a good difference and have hope and make a difference in someone else's life while saying, well, even if he doesn't heal me, I'm still going to be faithful to him. And I'm going to have fun doing it. See, that's when other people say, wow, I want that. Praise be to your God. And and so he's, and this is what Nebuchadnezzar says. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump. Well, that's not really the goal, but we'll go with it. For there is no other god, this is a great statement, for there is no other god who is able to deliver like this. 
Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This, I love the ending of this chapter. Because remember, remember who came against them? They set them up. This was a setup. This wasn't so much about Nebuchadnezzar as it was a setup by the Chaldeans, right? Those in Babylon who didn't want them to rule over them. And, and they set them up. Well, the whole twist of the story is although they tried to set up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they remained faithful. See, they thought they were going to get them to stop praying. Well, they didn't stop praying, so now they're going to be killed. And then they thought they were going to die. Well, they didn't die. And now Nebuchadnezzar's praising their God. And not only that is he praising their God, he's, he's made a decree that if anyone says anything offensive about their God, they'll be torn limb from limb and their house made a garbage dump. Well, now these guys can no longer criticize Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for worshiping their God, or they'll be torn limb from limb and their house made a garbage dump. See how it all got turned around? That which the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for good. And that's the way it works in our lives. It's no different. You just have to be unreasonably committed and faithful long enough to see it through to the end, knowing God will be with you. He's with you in the fire. He's with you when you're bound, and he will walk you through to that other side. Watch this. For there's no other God who is able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where? Where did he reward them? In the province of Babylon. In other words, in the face of the Chaldeans. The face of those who came against them. It's the same thing in Psalm 23 when David writes, You prepare a table. You prepare a feast before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. In other words, I am I am favorably and abundantly blessed by you, even in the face of those who are against me. And that's the kind of God that we serve, the God that will never leave you, the God that will never forsake you, the one who you can be unreasonably committed to. He's the only one who can withstand the weight of the full commitment that he deserves that we can give him. You you can't be unreasonably committed and fully depend on your spouse to come through for you in every single way. Why? They're human. They will fail you. The quicker you learn that, the better. Your kids, can they, they don't have the power to be able to support and hold up the expectation of being unreasonably committed to them on a level... That only God can give you. They, in other words, they will let you down. There is only one who is able to withstand the weight of never letting us down, and that is God. And he's always faithful. And when we are faithful and we endure to the end, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies or here we are rewarded like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. In the middle of those who tried to take us out, God raises us up. And when we're faithful, he'll do it for you like he did it for them. Man, I love that chapter. And that wraps it up in chapter three this week. I'll see you next week for Daniel chapter four. Hope you're enjoying this. I'm challenging you. Go back and start reading. Reread Daniel one, two, and three. You want to jump ahead? Go ahead, jump ahead. And we'll dive back into it together to pull out what God has for us in his word in the book of Daniel. 
Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to help us take this message further, get it out to people that need it. You can do that by financially partnering with us. You can click the link in the show notes to donate today, and or you can go to freshfaith.org, and right there, there'll be a button at the top that says donate. You can go to freshfaith.org slash giving to do that today as well. Thank you for your partnership. It makes a difference as we develop unreasonably committed followers of Jesus. I'll see you next week.